We're recapping the New York Giants week 11 game against the Detroit Lions with former NFL scout David Turner. That's coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times the amount of your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team. Every day, I'm Patricia Trena, joined by former NFL scout and personnel guy, David Turner. And uh, woo-wee, David, that was a stinker of the worst of <laughs> the, Gi- the Giants losing 31-18 to the Detroit Lions. Mistakes. Uh, we found out, unfortunately, what happens when you cut the head off of the snake, if you will. The running game with Saquon Barkley not getting anything going. Um, some questionable coaching decisions, injuries, just about everything that could have gone wrong for the Giants did in that game. Big time stinker. Oh, absolutely. And it was just awful. I mean, I just, if I wasn't doing the podcast, I would have turned anything off because I was so mad at it. I was as mad as a rattlesnake out here in the desert watching this these dang thing go down. But like you said, the injuries piled up. The turnovers uh, bit us in the butt. Um, coaching decisions bit us in the butt. I was just – I was surprised. I'll be honest. Coming off last week's win, which was so vanilla, and I was like, okay, they just didn't show much. They got some stuff in their – you know, they got some tricks up their sleeves. Then today's game, I'm in the opposite way. I'm scratching my head trying to figure out what that was. You're not alone. And uh, I think we've got to start on the offensive side of the ball. Now, we know there were a couple of turnovers. You know, that was bound to happen. But the big story is, is that the Lions found a way to shut down Saquon Barkley. And here's the funny thing. They didn't load the box up all that often to stop him. They, To me, it looked like... They were stopping the Giants from climbing to the second level and therefore were able to flow to the ball and flow to Barkley to stop him. I mean, what did you think of of the approach the Lions took to to stop Barkley? And what did you think of the battle in the pit? I thought the Lions beat the Giants cleanly in the pit. I think you were right on that, 100%. The Lions outmanned the Giants um, in the pit. And early on, it it was disturbing. But let's be honest, nobody fears the receivers. So yeah. what did Terry Glenn do? He just manned up the receivers most of the game and then just was like, okay, you know, that frees my linebackers up to just spy on the backs. If they're running it, go downhill. If they're, you know, peeling off, go cover them. But it wasn't anything that was, like, too tricky. I, I didn't think the defense was very tricky, that they, they just lined up and, you know, bullied them around. Um, and that being said, that you know, no one fe- fears our receivers right now, so <clears throat> it's not like they're double covering anybody or 
We didn't throw one ball to a tight end today out of the 341 yards of passing that he did throw. Not one ball that I counted went to a, a real tight end. So, you know, everything was the big receivers, the receivers. And what I did like about the offense is what we did say they needed to do, which was concentrate the targets on your playmakers. Slayton and Robinson got 23 passes targeted to them today out of the 40. I like that. No, I'm not liking that we had to throw 40 balls. Don't get me wrong. But I like that we honed in on who our playmakers were in the passing game, and they got the bulk of the, the targets. Like, that's something that if you look at any successful offense, that happens, you know, through the history of time. That just happens. You have to give those guys – got to let them eat. And so that was encouraging when I watched that. And when Slayton came out of the game – uh, I mean, I think what he had five catches with 86 yards and Robinson had nine catches for 100. So, you know, I was good. 186 of those yards came from the guys that we were leaning on. It's just that the Lions and I, I would imagine most of the league don't really fear those guys. Yeah. Which, you know, kind of a little off topic, but sort of on topic. There was a report that Odell Beckham would – you know, was planning to to visit the Giants after Thanksgiving. You know, the Giants play um, the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, so really not a whole lot lot of time to to kind of dwell on this. Would Beckham make a difference? You think? I mean, the guy's o- uh, over thirty, coming off two ACLs. You know, nobody really knows at this point how good he is or how much he's lost. Is it worth it to the Giants to just try to find a way to, to bring him on? Especially, you know, they're still in the playoff hunt. But before this thing gets away, because other teams surely are going to copy what the Lions did, what the Seahawks did when they shut down Barkley. And, you know, basically these teams are exposing the Giants offense for what it is, which is one-dimensional. And again, he's worth the conversation. But if we don't fix the blocking up front, Daniel Jones isn't going to have time to throw to anyone. Yeah, I, again, we can look – I mean, I didn't think we would ever say a game where Daniel Jones threw for 341 yards is one that we lost, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just didn't. I mean, that's a lot of passing yards for Daniel. Um, that being said, though, I mean, it's worth the conversation with Odell to see where his, his head's at, where he wants to be. I have talked to some people in his camp, and he really wants to be in a chasing situation for a contender team. I might, I might be one if I was in the building still, thinking he was taking the conversation in order to spark somebody else to move faster on him and bring him in. Um, that's that would be my gut is that he's coming here to make, move somebody else closer to signing him because you know there are other teams that I know are in the conversation with him that I, I would say might be closer to the Super Bowl ring than the Giants are. And, if again, I say that because our offensive line, I mean, we had more injuries up front today. I, I mean, the backup right tackle struggled hard today. The interior is still figuring it out. I mean, Daniel was under pressure a lot. He was moving around a lot. So if we don't figure out how to block better and have the horses up front, I wouldn't put the money into an Odell because that's going to hit my cap in a way in which isn't favorable this year or next year. And I I can tell this team is fighting like 
the whiskers to win this year. But as you and I, when we came into the season, we didn't think they would be at this situation, right? And even them, they probably didn't think they'd be in this situation. But that being said, you're in a really good situation. Don't mess it up moving forward, not only this year, but next year. Because you got a good nucleus. You got good players. They're fighting hard. Your coaches are, for the most part, coaching their little dickens off. So it's like I wouldn't I, – I, I would have a hard time pulling the trigger on an Odell. You know, if I was a different organization in the league that I was that Odell away from the Super Bowl, I would not question the talent, the commitment to what he has going. When he came to the Rams last year, you saw how electric he, he set that team off. When he went down in the Super Bowl – that was the end of it. You know, it was really it. He was having a heck of a game before he went down in the Super Bowl last year. So I'm not questioning him at all. I'm, I would question the investment in him when your offensive line isn't getting it done right now. And speaking of the offensive line, the coaches decided to put Shane Lemieux in at left guard over Josh Azudu. Now, Azudu, granted, has had his struggles. He's been a, He's a rookie. He's had his struggles. But Lemieux, you know, I think he gave up something like a sack. I think there were four quarterback hits, two tackles for a loss. He was benched in the first half, after the first half. And, you know, Dable afterwards kind of just sidestepped questions about how he played. And he said, oh, we wanted to get a look of it, a look at Izudu, who they've been getting a look at. So kind of, you know, a nice way to, to sidestep the issue that that, you know, Lemieux just didn't have – a solid outing, his first outing back in quite some time, I might add. So, I mean, you know, what can they do? You know, Feliciano banged up again. I mean, he's been banged up all year. This time he's got a neck. He missed us. He missed a block today. Oh, my God. Feliciano? Yeah, he (laughs) opened up the gates to heaven on a block. It was like right up the gut. And I'm like, where are you going? I was literally like his head is looking at the guy coming downhill. There was a blitz, and he still stayed on the defensive lineman to his right. It was almost like he thought a back was there, or or there was a slide on or something. Because a the the backer just went right up the gut, free as all heck to get to Daniel. And I was like, "Where are you going? That is so your guy." And then like the next series, I think they had Gates in. Like, yeah, well, because he got her. But but my question though is, what can they do? I mean, the, the, this is what they've got. It's not like you know somebody else is going to come riding in, and it's you know, Azudu's got to take his lumps. So I mean, do you just do you just stick with him and just say, okay, you know what, it is what it is. We know what the deficiencies of this team is. Let's let's just let's play for the future. I, I just didn't get that. What what they were trying to get at there. I think they're trying to fix in the middle of that offensive line, and they thought Lemieux might be the guy to you know step in and help out. And then today was not the day because he made that D line for, for you know Detroit look a lot better than they really are. So you know for me, I, I mean it is what it is. They they played him. He got benched. You know it. I think you go back to the drawing board and you coach him up and you show him his mistakes. I mean, a couple of years ago, we thought there was some good talent there with him, you know, through injuries and stuff. He hasn't played in like two years. So he knocked the dust off and, you know, he got his butt handed to him. So it is what it is. 
Um, you know, it, it, it happens in pro sports. The guys across the line get paid to play too. So, you know, hopefully he goes, wow, maybe I wasn't as ready as I thought I was. And, you know, he goes back and hits the, hits the lock, hits the weight room, hits the conditioning coaches up and gets him, gets himself prepared. Cause there's talent in Lemieux. There is, I think they thought this was a good game to test him under those conditions and they were wrong. So, you know, it happens. I mean, but again, I see them trying to do some things, but then injuries keep popping their head up on that unit and it's forcing them to make other decisions. So I've been in that spot before where we had rotating offensive linemen for weeks on end season, the whole season. I, it, it's tough as all heck. Cause like you said, no one's training you a good offensive lineman. No one's, no one's going to hand you one. They're not sitting on the couch eating potato chips. So, <laughs> it is what it yeah, is, right? <laughs> yeah, you cook with what you got. And sometimes the grits come good and sometimes they're not. So <laughs> right now they're not. And this is what it is. So, you know, you got to do what you best. But play calling can help the offensive out a lot. No offensive line out a lot. How? Today, where I think they missed the cue and – Mark the day and time. I'm going to say this because I never say this. I never. I got if the you pen listen ready. to this show, you know I never say this. <sighs> they missed their cue on running Daniel Jones today. They missed their cue running Daniel whoa. Jones. Okay. <laughs> 8.51 p.m. as yeah. you say this. It's November 20th, 8.51 p.m. Eastern time. Okay. I never know. say it. I always say <laughs> don't run the quarterback. Don't run the quarterback. But they were not accounting for the quarterback. Then what was it, like three games ago, we saw them run Daniel Jones a bunch because they weren't accounting for the quarterback. The same thing happened today. Every time Daniel rolled out on a design run, they weren't accounting for him to hold the ball. They were attacking the line of scrimmage, going after the running back, and he was ripping off 10, 12-yard runs. And this is a team that a few weeks ago, uh, Fields had like 178 yards or something rushing on him. So for me, when I saw that happen, I'm like, ah, it's going to hurt my gut. But run the sucker. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. I was, wow. I was like, man, because they weren't accounting for him. And every time, even they hand the ball off and you just do those little little rollouts just to watch the defense, they were not looking at him at all. They were just, like, letting him go. And I'm like, this is a game where he can run and he can have over 100 yards running. And he, you know, it, it might have opened up some of the passing game with his rollouts because they would have had to come after him and, and open up some crossing routes behind that and everything. But I'll, I don't know if I'll ever say it again. So Well, mark. I, I marked the date and time, so and it is now on the record. So It is. <laughs> All right. It is. All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the defense, which also didn't have the best of, of games and uh, had some injuries as well. So we will get to that right after this. And now a word from our sponsor, Total Wine. This holiday season, find what you love at Total Wine and more. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find a new favorite or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some helps from a friendly guide. And with all the confidence of knowing that you found something special for the lowest price, find what you love, love what you find, only at Total Wine and more. Curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. 
Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Please drink responsibly and please be 21 to drink. And now a word from our sponsor, Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., UK, Canada, and coming soon, Australia. Whether you're looking for a luxury car for a special event or something to get you from point A to point B, or maybe you want to test drive a particular model before making an investment, Turo's wide selection can deliver. And speaking of delivering, many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance, terms and conditions and exclusions apply. So forget boring car rentals and find your drive at Turo.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. Patricia Trainer here and David Turner. And ah, we got to break down this loss, this 31-18 loss by the New York Giants. A game they probably should have won, but I got to be honest with you, a game that I thought was going to be a trap coming in. And this one made me a little bit uneasy because, you know, not so much because the Giants played Dallas in four di- four days, but I just felt like, you know, the Giants were going to step their toes. I, I had a feeling this was going to be the game. I didn't realize it would be this bad. Um, and I was, of course, hoping that I would be wrong. But, David, let's talk about the defense. Um, the And I just want to pull up the stats here. I've got the game book here. They gave us this big these long legal pad game book here. Um, the Lions rushed 37 times, 160 yards, four rushing touchdowns. Again, what is the problem with this run defense that they can't stop these these teams from running on them? Oh, man. <clears throat> well, let's, I mean, out of the first five possessions, the Giants gave up two touchdowns and a field goal. Right, mm-hmm. and I think one of those possessions came after a turnover, and then the seventh possession was the other turnover. But to me, where we saw a big difference is when Mari, when Jackson got hurt on that punt. Mm. Because don't get me he, started on that. Oh, we started last week on that shouldn't be happening. <laughs> You and I both said that should find a different. Uh-huh. And I was saying it again today, but you know, I didn't even I, text I after that one. I just let that one go because I was that was one of the ones where I, if I had my phone in my hand, I probably would have thrown it into my TV. <laughs> um, because you and I called it last week's show, call it, bring it back. We called it. We're like, don't have them back there doing that. Don't do that. Yeah. And then what happened? They did it, and they got bit in the butt. Um, but. What happened what, to me was when he went out, because he, he's a physical player who flies up in run defense, and he really does help out those outside runs. I think, and again, they got ripped off inside a lot too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the, I'm not saving the interior of this defense. But when you when you know you have that guy sitting out there on that edge, you can call the defense a little bit different because he's sitting out there. Now, when you don't have him, you got to put other bodies to guard the edge. So for me, I thought that was a major difference in the defense early in the game when he went out 
because they weren't as aggressive. And then when the other corner went out and got hurt, um, Philia Moreau. Yeah, Moreau got hurt. Uh, I was just like, oh, good golly. Because then <laughs> Wink wasn't blitzing as much. And, you know, when in situations where he might have brought six, <clears throat> he only brought five, you know, and stuff. And it's just, it's just hard when you don't have your guys out there, especially on the corners, to call your full array of defense, right? But the run game and the fits have been a problem all, all season. Last week, I thought they did a much better job with it. You know, Pierce only had the one long run last week. So I was like, okay, we're starting to figure it out. I thought people were starting to work in tandem well together. Today, we just got out bullied. Like, let's just be honest. I mean, Lawrence had a decent game. Uh, Williams had a decent game. But the rest of them got bullied. I mean, they were just getting pushed around and they were getting – and I'm not going to whine about this, but there was about three holding calls that did not get called. Mm-hmm. And key situations, too. And yeah. and I, I was very hot about that because the, the Giants seemed to be getting the calls there, you know, against them. But Detroit was not. So yeah. it was really it was really hard to I mean, there was a couple one on Sue that was a straight straight tug down. Um, but that being said, they still have to figure out a way to step up, take on blocks, and blow up the line of scrimmage. Today we were out physical on both sides of the ball, offense and defense up front. And, you know, for for Williams, who's a good back, don't get me wrong, he's a good back, to have three touchdowns on him, it's still like, wow, dude. Like wow, like yeah. you know that 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 shouldn't have happened at no. all. And and in golf, not here's the other thing. Like golf in that win today, he struggled. He didn't have a great game. You know what I mean? And a lot of his completions were under ten yards. That got people turned into more for him. Um, but I mean, he only threw for 165 yards. Their running game just, you know, their running game went rushed for 160 yards. They only had 200. I mean, Daniel Jones had more offense than the Detroit Lions, right? Yeah, it was like 300. Daniel threw for 341 yards, and the Lions ran for for 160, and they passed for 165. So, yeah, I mean, you can you can make that point. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's like, it's like three. I think the Lions had three three twenty five, and Daniel had three forty one. So yeah, yeah, you know, it is what it is. But exactly. It, but our, the the turnovers, they chewed up the clock. They kept Daniel on the sidelines um, with the run game, you know, and that this we're just not that good to battle back. Even though yeah. Barkley wasn't going off, if we didn't throw the two interceptions, you know, then I think we this game would have been a lot different, being honest. Let me ask you about the pass rush, because I was kind of surprised that the pass rush was kind of quiet. The Giants didn't have any sacks. They had three quarterback hits, according to the game book. You know, Zimenez had that, that third down penalty after a three and out wow. on the opening drive. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau had, let me see, two tackles, and that was it. I mean, were they just, you know, were they making some kind of impact or were they just playing as quiet a game as their numbers would suggest? No, this week 
Thibodeau seemed lost. There was one time where he was on a pass rush and it was in the third quarter. He came off the ball and he was heading upfield. And then all of a sudden he stopped his rush and he peeled off. And I'm like, where are you going? Like you're three yards upfield, bro. You're never going to peel off and cover anybody. You might as well get to the quarterback and influence the throw. Like if you're going three yards upfield and you're not directly peeling off for a running back that's in the backfield coming out, don't peel off. Just go. Like green light, go get him. But he peeled off like he was supposed to fall into coverage or something. He he looked a little lost today. And and that was just a like a blatant one that came to mind. But there was a couple others where I'm like, what is he doing? Like he did not look whereas again last week I said he's looking more comfortable. He's getting ready to turn it on. This week he looked a little bit out of place. He looked like he was confused. Zemin is after that one hit to the head, he got conservative. Um, I Lawrence was not as dominant as he had been in weeks past, and and you would think Williams would have uh, picked up the the slack and you know brought the heat, but he didn't come in either. So I I'll be honest with you, it was. I know I like Detroit. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to sit here and be like, we got beat up by the, you know, little kid in the schoolyard or anything. They got a good team. And that offense, as we talked about, put up 31 last week. And we said they were going to have to shut down this offense in order to win the game. So, you know, we put it on the defense. But the defense, once they got injuries, they really, I think they really struggled because we don't have a lot of depth. And can we talk about the inside linebackers? Micah McFadden in coverage, um, that's the best option they have. I mean, there were a couple th- runs that McFadden wasn't even in the same zip code as the, the ball carrier. And I'm sitting there just saying to myself, why is he covering? You know, I would have rather have seen maybe Jalen Smith do the coverage in that case. I mean, is that just, you know, one of those Sometimes, crazy things or what? Well, when you're in a game situation, sometimes there's calls that you've done all week for certain formations. And then they figure out your call and they move the linebacker or a back or a tight end the opposite side. And all of a sudden it reverses your call, right? And and now you got the wrong guy on the wrong side covering somebody. I'll never forget I was at the Giants and Bill Parcells figured that out. And he threw to the tight end like three times in a row. And he would he ran tempo, so we couldn't switch it out. You know, we couldn't get our personnel switched out. And he, I swear, I was up in the booth just cursing. And I was so mad because he figured it out. And when he did, he just he just hit that button for three in a row. And he and they marched down the field and scored on us. And I was so mad. I was so mad. I'm like, he's caught our call. He figured it out. Yeah. And today it looked like they got a couple of our calls, put us in some uh, situations where we had the wrong people covering and things. That being said, though, if you look at the first quarter, at the first drive, like all our first drives, Wink lets them kind of go down. He figures them out. That second drive, though, didn't really go their way. You know what I mean? And and then uh, the third drive, we we, you know, they had – you know, it was a three and out. So it was a situation. Then we got the injury to Adori, and then Daniel turned the ball over. 
which then gave them the, uh, the ball at the 18-yard line or something. So short field without a dory and boom, touchdown. Mm. And then the following possession was a seven-play drive, 78 yards. And I believe we lost the other corner there. Um, and then that, that was a touchdown. So that, that was – you know, I know usually if you look at Wink's defenses, he bends, not breaks on the first series. And, yeah, he gave up a field goal, but then he went punt, punt. But then injuries hit, and we got three touchdowns in a row. And then we got a couple punts in there. But then uh, we ended the game, or at the end of the game, we gave up another touchdown. So. Rough, rough afternoon. I mean, I I just filed my report card on the Giants' loss, and I gave straight Fs across the board, including you know coaching. I think I gave them a. I was a little more lenient with them. Probably should have given them an F as well, but. Just too many mistakes in this team. Hey, my house, there's a lot of F-bombs today, so that makes sense. (laughs) Well, the point being is this team's just not good enough right now. Let's just say if my daughter had a cuss jar today, she would have went to college for free. (laughs) Uh, Well, I can't say that I had that. I mean, I was sitting in the press box. but Yeah, you you had to be professional. I had to be be good. in my living room. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, special teams and also where do they go from here? So we'll be right back after this. And now we're from our sponsor, Prize Picks. Giant fans, did you know playing daily fantasy based on player projections has never been easier than when you visit prizepicks.com? Pick two to five players, and if they go on to score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times the amount of your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Price Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada and offers projections on every sport. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and Price Picks offers safe and fast withdrawals. Download the Price Picks app today or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on at sign-up. Don't forget to enter that promo code locked on at sign-up at pricepicks.com. Hey, Giant fans, thanks so much for making the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. Patricia Trena with you. David Turner is here, and we're trying to make sense of what happened at the Meadowlands on a cold, and I'm telling you, it was so cold, we could feel it through the glass in the press box, and windy day. I mean, the wind was amazing, how it was rocking the goalposts, and how at one point pregame, it blew the kicking net actually onto the field. I mean, that wind was bad. But, you know, speaking of wind and whatnot, David, I want to talk a little bit about special teams, and I don't want to tell you I told you so, but what have I been saying about Jamie Gillian? Listen, I still like Gillian. I, the wind, like you said today, was I've been there in those swirling winds. Graham Grano missed two kicks today. Okay, but wait okay. a minute. Hold up. Hold, hold up. But, oh. <laughs> wait a second here. 
Gillen's 25-yard shank, the wind was at his back, all right? I'm sorry. No excuse for that. Gano, I, as we found out post-game, he had missed practice Friday because he was sick. He was in the locker room with a mask on. I don't know if he was sick with COVID or just being courteous not to spread the germs or whatnot, but Gano had to have four IVs. Now, I'm not making excuses for him because he still was good enough to go out there, but, you know, you got to take that into consideration. So whoa, 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 whoa. That first, that first miss. The first one, winning, the wind got it. The that wind I, pushed that sucker aside it did. like it was the an elephant one, on a tree. It was crazy. It was like, whoa. And the then, second one, though. So, I but mean. Again, I've been in Giant Stadium, and I know how this works. That wind swirls. I mean, sometimes it's going like, you'll see the flags at the top pushing left. But by the time it gets to the ground, it's actually a right. It's 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 one of the toughest places to kick. Remember the old Bills kicker, Christy? Mm-hmm. When we signed him, we had a kicker tryout that day. And and he was the only one that knew how to play the wind in Giants Stadium. And afterwards, Gettleman walked up on him and was like, hey, uh, that, was, that was a tough kick in the uh, match today. How did you do so well? You know, he's like, he was like, Dave, I've kicked in Buffalo for so many years. I know how to play the wind. He's all, but this place, it's one of the toughest places to kick because it swirls. He's like, if you don't know how to play the swirl, you're in trouble here. And we signed him. Because to be honest with you, he didn't have the strongest leg that day. He didn't have the best kickoffs that day. But the wind in that stadium and in that in that place, in the Meadowlands, is different than most almost everywhere else in the country. The way it's built, it's strong and it swirls and it plays with the ball. Even it could be at your back, but then as soon as it leaves your foot again up top, it could be pushed a different way. It's it's that's what I told you. Remember last week I said he needs to go over to the stadium and kick in the stadium because it's going to swirl different in the stadium than any than at practice. Like he needs to take some practices in the stadium. And they do that, yeah, they do a pregame. That's about it. That I, I know. Saying, of. Like a Friday, they should go over there and kick when it's when it, you know just in the stadium when it's swirling like it is, and or if you know maybe Friday the wind is going to be good, but Thursdays is comparable to what the game's going to be. Go over on Thursday and take some rips because it's just a different place to kick. I mean, I've been to a lot of stadiums. I've scouted for eighteen years. Giant Stadium, the Meadowlands, just the way the wind hits in there, it hits different. It just does. Like you saw the particles of where the, the it wasn't snowing there today, no, but on TV, snow. it looked like, you know, it was uh, snowing. And the announcers were even saying, hey, it wasn't snow today. That was the the lilies off the, uh, you know, out in the swampland, you know, coming in and coming in. It's just a different place to kick. Yeah. And if, if the special teams coach doesn't have them in the stadium kicking, you know, this time of year and deeper into the season, he's not doing them justice because they really need to learn. Now, Grinnell, he knows how to do it. But Gilliam, I think he needs to be taking one practice a week over there. Yeah, but you, you would think Gilliam, who's, who kicked in Cleveland, would have an idea how to deal with funky wins, no? It's different. It's, it's not just a cold, in-your-face wind. It is a swirling wind. It's just a weird – where the stadium sits and how the wind comes through that area, the Meadowlands area, once it jumps into a stadium, it, like, swirls. 
So again, at top, the flags can be going left or right and the opposite's happening at the bottom. Mm. And so it just gives a really funky effect to the ball. Um, you can talk to Fiegels about it. He'd tell you all about it too. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. I'm, I mean, it's just a different place. When you get to November, December in that place, it's a different place to kick. It really is. Yeah, it definitely is. All right. So we talked about having a Dory as the, as the punt returner and uh, how we both did not like that. And mm. now we've got to hope that the report that the Dory sprained his MCL and is going to miss three to five weeks it was was not, you know, correct. Um, we got to hope he's Wolverine is what we got to hope. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, uh, okay, so the Giants laid a, a stink bomb today. You know, their first true stink bomb. I don't really count the Dallas game, which was a tough loss, or the Seattle game, which was, you know, bad, but not like this. Where do they go from here, especially with, with such a quick turnaround? Dallas on deck. I mean, how how do you keep – this team from you know dwelling on this and you know letting this seep into their and undermine their comp- confidence well here's the thing you want to win the next game but with so many injuries it, you're i know debo and and you know the the whole crew is probably still the office you know trying to figure it out because they don't know who they're lining up start practice on monday you know mm-hmm. And that's just it. Like, what's what was uh, the receiver's prognosis today? Because oh, Wandale might be. They they think it might be a serious uh, serious enough injury. I don't know if it's if if it's an ACL. But, but it looked uh, bad. He was he was on TV. he was on crutches after the game, and that's what know, I'm saying. They're, they're... So if he's out, and you you know you have Slayton, but then what are you going to do at receiver? I mean, the unnamed player caught a couple balls today, but. Um, <laughs> Can we say his name? He did no, catch a pass. Why no. not? He has not caught a touchdown. I'm not saying his name. You're not saying his name until he catches a touchdown. Yep. Okay. Yep. I I I, have, I had too much faith in this guy. <laughs> I preached for him. I supported him. I have I I put it on the line for him. And two catches does not get your name mentioned again. No, it does not. Uh, um, you're. Oh, I would oh trust me if I was in that facility, he would be hearing it from me. I mean hearing <laughs> I had Shockey hearing it from me so bad one time. Like he came in after he had a good game. Where's that little yeah. <laughs> I don't no want to hear it again. I got it. I did it. So uh, yeah, I used to ride him on the sidelines. Um, but that being said We can't say the name, but I can write it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. But yeah, but I'm just saying it's like if he if if Robinson's out, who obviously was our hundred yard receiver today, um Kadarius Tony Tony's playing in Kansas City. Um and then you know Richie we, James is probably the next man up in the slot. The fumble um, the fumbler? Yeah. We got him next. Well, I mean a fumbler on punt returns, you know, and then, then I would think, you know, David Sills may may might get activated. Um right. You know, they got that kid, Isaiah Hodgins, who, who's, uh, you know, th- this receiver group, I mean, just. It's a patch will quilt. It, it, it is. It's a patch will quilt. Call it what it is. So we're calling it what it is. It is what it is. I Come Thursday, we don't know which receivers are dressed and ready to go, right? We just don't. Yep. We don't know yet. Yep. Offensive line. We don't know who's dressed and Defensive ready to go. Defensive back. 
defensive back. We don't know who's dressed and ready to go on Thursday. And here we are Sunday night mm-hmm. at eight o'clock your time. And they um, have yeah, and they have one one uh really one practice. And that's gonna be, you know, tomorrow's Monday's gonna be corrections, Tuesday's gonna be a practice, Wednesday's travel, Thursday's the game. Good luck. Well, players have to have a day off. So <laughs> they get it off Friday, I think. Oh, are they taking a Friday? I okay. think so. <coughs> I'm just I don't saying, know if they're like, off tomorrow. I'll check, um, but I'm pretty sure they're not. But again, it's that's what all I'm saying is like they're just trying to figure it out. They don't even know who's gonna be playing in the game right now. So my my thing, and don't get on me for saying it, but it's just the way I feel. If I'm in the building, I'd probably make myself not say this next phrase, but since I'm not, I'm gonna say it. They're probably gonna drop this game to Dallas, and it, it and it might be and it might be rough because Dallas looked really good against Minnesota today. They put up like 40 some points, and their defense kept Minnesota, who has been scoring pretty well uh, off the field and not scoring at all. So. Let's just call this. It's probably going to be a rough one. So after losing to Detroit and then losing to Dallas, will their confidence come back? They have the hardest finishing schedule, I think, to come. So, you know, they're looking at a situation where they really need to they need to surprise myself and others this week. And even if they don't win the game, they have to play really, really hard. Um but if they don't and they get treated like Minnesota got treated today, will they be able to come back that next game? Because they, they're still in the hunt. No matter – I mean, even if they drop this next game to Dallas, they're in the hunt for a wild card spot, which is a spot where we didn't think they would be. You know what I mean? So, again, as long as they don't get down on themselves and they keep competing, but – they're running out of bullets in their gun. You know, the bench is getting thin. And if Jackson is going to miss, what, three to three to five weeks with his if, knee. yeah. If Robinson's out with his uh, injury, if. That might be it for them. I mean, I don't know if they can come back. And then if we don't get any of the offensive linemen back that got hurt, then it's just, it's just, there's just some, at some point you got to be like, we don't have enough bullets in the gun to finish this game. You know what I mean? And. And they're they're getting close to that. They're just not enough. Yeah. They're just not enough. And they're having a heck of a year. They're playing their little dickens off. Like I said, the coaches today they missed the opportunity to run Daniel Jones. I already said it twice. Um, they missed the opportunity. I thought to work the tight ends in, full back in type thing, because um, they weren't accounting for them in the passing game. Just to loosen up a little bit more. Um, they only ran that heavy package. I think once this game where they ran it last game like a half a dozen times. I mm-hmm. thought they might introduce that to help block, you know, a little bit better. But then again, they ran out of offensive alignment too. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, again, it's just – it's kind of hard when you're running out of the injuries, bugs in there, and he's and he's feasting on, on the roster. Yep. Well, we're going to find out what this team is made of, you know, for, like I said, a quick turnaround, four games, uh, four days until Dallas, or actually less than four days by the time this show airs. And like you said, going to be, you know, strap up, going to be a wild ride these next four days. So that's going to do it for us on the Locked on Giants podcast. Of course, Giants play Thursday. Just real quick, the rest of the schedule for us here at Locked on. 
to be determined for Tuesday. I don't think I'm going to do a Twitter Tuesday because it's too soon. Wednesday, um, I'm hoping to have an interview for you. Thursday is going to be crossover. And then Friday, um, hopefully, David, you'll be available. We'll be You won't be too stuffed from Turkey. Turkey Day, uh, we can hopefully uh, break down whatever happens in the Dallas game. So that's kind of where we're looking at. Tuesday and Wednesday, I just have to figure it out, guys. I haven't gotten that far because it's kind of a weird week. But um, thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day or for watching on YouTube your first watch of the day. For David Turner, I'm Patricia Trena. We will see you tomorrow, Giants fans, here on the Locked on Giants podcast.